Welcome to Your Health New Hampshire. It's presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This is a program that focuses on wellness and health education. And uh, joining us in studio today, and uh, glad to see that she is back here after a long hiatus, Sandra Osario, who's uh, joined us on the phone a couple of times, but haven't seen her in a while. Uh, she is with uh, AHEC, and she is the Interpretation Training Services Coordinator uh, with that great organization. And joining us in studio today is Lisa Stockwell, uh, Transformation Coach and Trainer on Mindfulness. Lisa? Great to have you with us today. Hey, good morning, and thank you. Well, it is uh, our pleasure. Talk a little bit, Lisa, about uh, the history of your partnership with AHEC. Oh, my gosh. I think I've been working with Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center for about 18 years in mm-hmm. different capacities. Um, done uh, chronic disease self-management, chronic pain management, I'm a trainer for them in motivational interviewing, which helps folks help them make choices about behavior change. Um, Also done some resiliency training, um, creativity and resiliency. Uh, We've had a great partnership for years. So it's working out well, 18 years. That's pretty good. That that is uh, great to hear. amazing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We mentioned uh, in your introduction that you're a transformation coach and trainer on mindfulness. And I'm sure many people are wondering, what is mindfulness? Right. So um, I was first, you know, I have always heard of the word mindfulness, you know, back over 30 years ago, you hear it and you're like, huh, what's that? It's kind of like a buzzword. You'd see it out in maybe Time Magazine years Mm. ago, right? When it was first really coming here to the U.S. And um, When I was in graduate school, I actually had a class in meditation and mindfulness, and I learned more about it. And mindfulness is really um, a tool. I want to say it's your mental tool, Hmm. using your brain. Um, What I mean by that is it's paying attention to what's happening now as you're breathing, praying, focusing on what's happening now. So what does that mean? It means like... um, Well, let's say your average Monday morning, you get up, maybe you make coffee, you're doing this, you're thinking about your day ahead. Maybe you're throwing on your clothes to go, oh, I'm going to wear this today. I got to do this today. And you're thinking ahead. You're thinking of the future. And maybe you're thinking about a meeting coming up and you're getting maybe a little nervous about it because maybe you have to present in front of a bunch of people. And all of a sudden, you might notice your heart rate go up or your hands get a little sweaty and you're starting to get a little panicky going, oh my gosh, what if someone asks me this question? What if, what if someone, maybe that person's there that always looks like they don't like me and your mind starts doing these things. It starts creating stories and you start reacting to it, actually physically reacting to it. That's kind of extreme, but mindfulness is all of a sudden you're like going, oh, that, that didn't happen. My mind is filling in gaps that I'm not sure what's happened. I'm uncertain of what's going to happen when I walk through that door. Mm. So I'm reacting as though something bad is going to happen. When in reality, maybe I've 
prepared for this meeting. I know what I'm going to say. People are there to support me. Mm. So it's kind of paying attention to what your mind does. We like to call it different things when it happens. Maybe you call it self-talk. Maybe you call it the monkey mind or mind chatter. Um, mm. Or sometimes we like to say your mind hijacks your focus. It distracts you. So what it is, it's actually a tool, it's a practice of saying, there goes my mind. There goes, oh, on a story. It's like reeling it in. If any of you are fishermen or mm. fisherwomen, it's kind of like noticing your thought has drifted down the river and you're like, oh, oh, wait a minute. And you're reeling in that back and saying, that's not happening right now. I'm actually sitting in the car. I'm at a stoplight. I'm ready to turn left. And you come back into your body. That's why there's that mind-body connection and letting your mind, instead of your mind writing off on all these stories, which can happen so, like, I forget what it is. In five minutes, you can have over a thousand stories run mm -hmm. through your mind. Wow. Yeah. That, that is, it really, it just makes me realize that all those stories that we start building about the future, the things that we have to do, the, the meeting, like you said, uh, that's happening tomorrow. And that kind of, I connect that with a little bit of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Like it's I'm starting to feel anxious. Then my breath starts to go a little bit, you know, faster. And I'm like, okay. And, okay, what what can I do? What can I do to just, okay, I'm right. It, today is today. It's mm -hmm. not there. You know, that right. meeting is not happening yet. So, um, yeah, is working on that anxiety or yeah, it's, it's a great tool. Yeah, is is it basically focusing on the the task at hand or what you have in front of you for that particular moment in time? Absolutely, that's that's um, one way to practice it is to go like say you're washing dishes. It's a mundane chore, right? And most people, if they're washing dishes, they start to daydream or they're mm -hmm. thinking about when I finish this, I'm going to do this, or tomorrow I'm going to do that, or they're thinking about something that happened in the past. Oh, I can't believe I said that at blah, 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 mm -hmm. right? But you're not attending to, as you're saying, in front of you, Ken, is the dishes. And when you're mindful, all of a sudden you go, oh, my mind just went off. And now I'm going to take up this dish. I'm going to feel it in my hand. I'm going to hear the squeak of the sponge against the plate. I'm going to feel the water on my hands as I rinse. And then I'm going to hear the sound of the plate going here. Now that might sound like, eh, what be, what's the big deal? Mm. And actually, you're creating your mind's capacity to do a new neural pathway. And it's kind of like if you play an instrument or play tennis or do anything mm. like that, the more you practice it, the more it just becomes part of who you are. And it also helps you become less reactive to life. Um, you know, because life has pleasant and unpleasant moments. Mm -hmm. So when we're having an unpleasant moment, we realize this is temporary because it is, just like pleasant moments are temporary. So enjoy or do whatever you need to do when you're in that moment. I, I know it's easy to say, but, and it is a practice. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what are some of the ways that you do uh, practice mindfulness? Well, um, there's, there's many ways. Um, you can do, um, like some folks will say, oh my gosh, I can't, 
I can't do this. I don't have time to meditate because I'm immediately they think meditation. Mm-hmm. And meditation is a tool to practice mindfulness. And it's a wonderful tool. And there's tons of research behind it. However, you can also do things like in your workday, you you might put a post-it on your computer screen that says um, 9-15, I'm going to take one minute just to breathe. And I'm going to focus on my breath. I'm going to focus on inhaling and exhaling and just listen to the sounds in the room I'm in. What that does is that brings you back into your body instead of your mind taking you somewhere. And when you're back in your body, then you can see how things really are. Mm. Um, and it's, that's a, they call it a muscle. Your brain is a muscle, kind of like when you work out, right? If, it's, if you're new to it, lots of times people get frustrated because they're like, oh, my mind is everywhere. And I will say, well, wait a minute. What's really cool is you just recognized that your mind is everywhere. I go, that's awareness. So that's a good step. It's because you are aware. My mind's everywhere. Okay, now what are you trying to do to help you concentrate and refocus on the task at hand? And that's a step and a step and a step. Yeah. Very good. Uh, And there are a number of myths out there uh, about mindfulness. Uh, Can you debunk some of those? Um, Mindfulness is not about relaxation. It is about attention. It's about... Mm -hmm. Um, refocusing your attention. Though you can get experiences of relaxation from it, but its tool is not to bring about relaxation. Um, The other thing is it's not walking around never swearing. It's not walking around (laughs) like in the zen-like state, though some people, you know, might have that response to it. It's realizing that um, you're you're just... um, uh, reacting to what life is bringing to you. So there's there's more to that. There's more to that about what is it, really. Our topic today is mindfulness. And uh, in studio, we have Lisa Stockwell, the trans- a transformation coach and trainer of uh, mindfulness, and uh, Sandra Osario. And uh, Sandra is the interpretation training services coordinator at AHEC. And this show is presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This program focuses on wellness and health education. Your Health New Hampshire will continue right after these words on WKXL and NHTalkRadio.com. Stay with us. Welcome back to Your Health, New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This program focuses on wellness and health education. And in studio today, from Southern New Hampshire, AHEC, Sandra Osario. She is the Interpretation Training Services Coordinator at AHEC. And our guest is Lisa Stockwell, Transformation Coach and Trainer on Mindfulness, which is our topic today, Sandra. Yes. So I'm, I'm very uh, intrigued by uh, all of this. I'm fascinated by it. And uh, I, I have a quick question, uh, Lisa. Mm-hmm. I know you know so much about this. And so you mentioned that mindfulness is not relaxation. And 
perhaps it's a type of meditation, but not quite meditation. So is any any connection between mindfulness, meditation, and like prayer, you know, like maybe that kind of brings me back to the the very beginning of how things started. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, mindfulness started back um, in Eastern uh, spiritual um, traditions. And um, when you think of spiritual traditions, they used meditation, which is a tool for mind- mindfulness, um, to um, for their spiritual practice. So when you think of prayer, you know, each, um, the mindfulness that we talk about here in the U.S. is more about the mind-body connection mm-hmm. and not about religion. However, when you're in a state, when you pray, I'm going to say um, each person is quiet, right? They're open to the experience, and they're, I'm going to say, listen to a higher voice or talk to a higher voice. Does that sound, does that sound okay? Yeah. yeah. Um, so when you're in that state of being present and open, I'm going to say that might be very similar to prayer. Mm-hmm. I think prayer and meditation coincide. Um, and if you're over in the East, they would definitely say absolutely. So when I'm talking about, when I teach, for example, um, students about mindfulness, I, I take out the religion because every person has got their own belief system, and I mm-hmm. didn't want to do that. I was talking more about the mind-body connection, but absolutely, um, if prayer brings you calm, peace, helps you focus, mm-hmm. then, that's, then that's good. Continue. Continue. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And so uh, there's many evidence, uh, there's much evidence out there as to how mindfulness uh, has been uh, helpful to people uh, for for many, many years, for for centuries, really. And maybe it wasn't named mindfulness at the time. But uh, talk about some of the the evidence-based benefits of mindfulness. Well, there's lots of research and scientific evidence about the benefits. So um, I'm not a a statistic person or data person, but I will tell you, you can find over the years they have seen how mindfulness has impacted, um, um, for example, post-traumatic stress, depression, anxiety. If you have chronic pain, how it helps you, you know, how... when you're in chronic pain, you tend to stop yourself and make your body rigid to go, oh, I'm going to feel blah, blah, blah. When you practice mindfulness, whether you're doing meditation or other focusing activities, it helps you rec- recognize, oh, I'm holding tension. But that's not my pain. That's me holding tension. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now you can you can work through the pain if you have chronic pain, for example. Um, in addition to all the other <clears throat> things that help you with it. Um, let's see, the other thing is it gives you a sense of well-being, and I think it makes you more calm. So when you're faced with challenges, you can assess and reappraise what is really happening and respond to it rather than reacting. And reacting is, that's the thing, that's the practice. The practice is, creating a pause so you will not react. Mm. 
And, you know, when you think of the businesses that use this or the organizations that use this, for example, um, the military uses this, Google uses this, Apple uses this, um, IKEA, um, you know, there's, there's tons of organizations that have realized that their employ- employees are happier and calmer and more productive when they can refocus and they get that, that sense of well-being and a foundation of like, oh, I'm not going to worry about this because I have no control what's going to happen, you know, three days from now. I have control of what's happening in front of me. And that's where you live. And that's where John Kabat-Zinn's research, and he's from um, the University of Mass. He actually really helped pioneer it here, creating programs. His whole thing is when you practice it, you actually live your life more fully because you're more aware of what's happening around you. Um, yeah, it, it's like I uh, talk, may I share a quick story? Sure. Okay, so um, so let's just say one client, Jenny, she, on a, on a Friday, she had mixed feelings. She had this big meeting, she walked away from the meeting and she was very frustrated because she didn't feel like what she asked for happened. So she emailed one of her coworkers and said, I can't believe blah, 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 blah. Anyway, that was probably about three o'clock. And that's on a Friday. So she didn't hear back from her coworker. So of course, Jenny starts going, oh, maybe she doesn't agree with me. Maybe she thinks this, maybe this, maybe this. And so anyway, mm-hmm. Jenny's mind starts whirling. In the meantime, her daughter drove up cross country they're coming to visit the grandkids are there and jenny isn't there jenny's mind isn't there so she's not really paying attention to what the grandkids are telling her or even knowing what her daughter talked about it her whole mind is checking her email when will she hear back about this person because she's whirling about it and then all of a sudden sunday comes and her daughter's packing up to leave And her daughter comes up to her to give her a hug. And that's when Jenny actually looks at her daughter's face, sees the color of her eyes, and goes, I haven't paid attention to you at all. My mind has been somewhere else, and I just missed living this experience Mm. because my mind was somewhere else. So when you practice more pausing, you will realize that, oh, there I go, and pull your, pull. I call it, pull your mind back or your thoughts back into your body, and um, we'll talk about those things, like, I call it an anchor, so, like, if you wanted to learn about practicing this, whether it's meditation, whether it's refocusing with breath, whether it's getting into your body, maybe people practice yoga, tai chi, um, even knitting, I'm going to tell you, even knitting in those coloring books actually (laughs) help you refocus your mind. Each time you do it, you build the muscle. So um, each time you do that, that's that's the practice. That's where you build the pause. That's where you create that spaciousness to be able to reappraise the situation. Is this what I'm worried about? Is this really happening? Because your mind likes to fill in gaps and make stuff up. And it likes to think of things the worst content, right? Because, you know, human beings growing, we had to worry about tigers and bears back in the old days. And all of a sudden, so we're always on the lookout for bad stuff. Unfortunately, we're always on the lookout for bad stuff. So that's where our mind goes. 
So the more you practice it, the more you realize, you know, for, for example, I'm driving over here. I get in the car. I get really nervous. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. What if they ask me something and I don't answer it? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then I'm thinking, and then I stop and I go, oh, what am I doing? It's going to be fine. And I take a nice deep breath and saying, I've been doing this for years. I know what resonates with me, and that's what I'm going to share, and I hope it resonates with others. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's all I have control over. You mentioned bad stuff. How much uh, relief, perhaps, if you want to call it that, or how much uh, you know, hope was, was taken from mindfulness during uh, COVID-19? Was, mm. was it important during that uh, period of time? I would definitely say it was important, and also I think what's happened over the years from all those experiences is that it actually has increased um, people's, I want to say, anxiety, fear of the future, because that, is, that, that experience gave us a time of uncertainty. Now, most folks don't like to feel like their life is uncertain, Right? I don't know what's going to happen today. I don't know what I'm going to hear. I don't know how this is going to impact my work. I don't know how this is going to impact. How am I going to see this person? What am I going to do? What if this happens? Right, The what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, which just kind of builds, I call it, into the if monster. And you're like, oh, my gosh. And you almost get paralyzed with fear of what if. I can't control these things. So I think what has increased is people's angst and turning and saying, this can't continue. I don't want to feel like this anymore. And mental health is actually um, our, our awareness of mental health and well-being has just skyrocketed mm-hmm. across the U.S., across the world, because we've realized we can't live on automatic pilot because guess what? It didn't work. We just found that out when COVID happened. Exactly. So that was a wake-up. Yeah. yeah, no no question about it. We're chatting today with Lisa Stockwell. Lisa is a transformation coach and trainer on mindfulness, which is our topic today. Sandra Osorio is with us from AHEC, their Interpretation Training Services Coordinator. And this show is Your Health New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center a program that focuses on wellness and health education. We will take a break and be back with more right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Welcome back to Your Health, New Hampshire, which is presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This program focuses on wellness and health education. And today we're learning about and discussing mindfulness. And our guest in studio is Lisa Stockwell. Lisa is a transformation coach and trainer of mindfulness. And Sandra Osorio with us from AHEC. She is their interpretation training services coordinator and uh Sandra, you uh, dur- during the break you had a, a terrific question, and uh, why don't you ask Lisa exactly what, what we were talking about uh, during the break? Yes, um, thank you, Ken. So I'm very um, 
intrigued by this, especially because these days we it, it's, it feels and it seems like everybody's struggling a little bit with over, overuse of social media and um, the craving and the, the holding the phone constantly. I mean, not only kids, teenagers, but even us as adults. So can mindfulness help us to control uh, the social media and the phone use and all that? Absolutely. Um, mindfulness, actually, there's lots of research around um, mindfulness and the practice of it and how it actually can help with self-regulation, if you will. So um, some of the students that I teach um, my communicating mindfully, um, they take on the challenge of how often do you pick up the phone? And we do it naturally. For example, email. We might check our email all throughout the day and use it as um, a break when mm. it's not really a break for us because we're we're stimulated with information and um, they actually say that the more so when you're doing mindfulness um, as students I say okay here's the challenge every time you want to reach for your phone stop if you can <laughs> just stop and re be aware your hands about to grab the phone can you, just that right there like oh I'm intentionally grabbing the phone. So it's your intention, right? What are you intending to do? I'm intending to grab this phone. I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to scroll and I'm going to do that. Okay, that is your choice. And how many times do you do that without even knowing you do it? That is the piece when you practice mindfulness. All of a sudden, you pause more. You're not just automatically picking it up, scrolling, automatically picking it up, or someone's talking to you and you're like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, as you scroll, scroll, scroll. And then, but all of a sudden you realize, oh, I picked up the phone and I'm scrolling and someone's talking to me. That awareness of like, ooh, and you put the phone down and then you attend to the person in front of you. That is the pause that you've created for yourself because you mm. were working your mind to say, become aware don't don't get into this zone or the zombie zone I'll call it where we're just kind of automatically doing things not becoming aware of what's happening around us which is which happens all the time I actually have the students do this do this activity where we walk the campus I go everybody lift your head put your phones away and you have a group of 20 of us walking around in campus and we're 20 people I can't tell you how many people walk into us because they don't see us. We're a group of 20 people, but they're looking at their phones or they're thinking about something else. And then all of a sudden they go, oh, they didn't see us. It's, it's where are you putting your attention? I kind of think of it like this. Does it, did any, any of you get a new car? Let's say it's bright red. And you're like, oh my gosh, I have this new red car, yay. And you're driving around and then you're going, oh, there's another red car. Oh, yep. And there's, an, there's another one, there's another one. <laughs> it's like your mind all of a sudden recognizes, oh, you know, and now I see red cars everywhere um, because now you're paying attention. Uh, and that's the practice. The more you do it, the more become aware of what's happening around you, the more you see. Yeah. You mentioned uh, during, during our last segment how uh, so many companies now are incorporating mindfulness into their business model. And I, I'm sure a lot of work hours are lost every day with people continually on social media. Yeah, it's it's just so 
you know what it is too? We've become so used to allowing it to happen as well. We almost become numb to it. Like, oh, yep, they're there. Or it, it, it's, it's almost like it's not, um, it's not considered rude anymore to have someone do that in front of you. I, I, and what happens with that is it does have people lose production, um, being able to be focused at work. It, it's distracting. And when people are thinking about the future or something that happened in the past, that actually impacts their relationships, their works. If they're working on a deal, they could be thinking about this might happen, this might happen, and miss something very subtle from the person who's talking to them because they're so worried about this. So um, it allows that pause. So you can, I call it stepping back and kind of assessing the situation so you can step back in to learn how we respond to this situation. What are some of the patterns that we get stuck in uh, that feed anxiety and fear? I call it the what if. Um, we kind of ruminate. And so here's the thing. Um, an emotion is six seconds. There's little molecules that happen in your body absorbs that emotion. So whether it's happiness, anger, fear, impatience, any of that. So that's six seconds, not very long, not very long at all. However, um, the patterns are this is if you decide you are like Jenny, that story about Jenny in the email, Jenny's thinking about it. And then when she first thinks about it, Jenny's probably annoyed. Right? She hasn't heard back from her friend or coworker. So her annoyance is this, oh, I'm feeling annoyed. And then what happens is that emotion, instead of Jenny pausing and going, oh, maybe my friend left early today, maybe she doesn't have a comment, you know, all these other things, Jenny feeds that six seconds with another negative emotion going, maybe she doesn't like me, maybe this, da-da-da-da, da-da-da, then another six seconds. So you're actually refueling the negative emotion over and over again by ruminating about it. I call it a mind loop. (laughs) That's probably not a scientific term, but I kind of like saying it's replaying the same song over and over, but each time you replay it, your physical body is reacting Mm -hmm. to it as though it's happening. So why, I'm just going to do this little activity. Is that okay? And this is an activity from Mm -hmm. the Chronic Disease Self-Management Program. It's called the Lemon Exercise. All right. Will you indulge me? We, I will happily indulge you. All right, so hopefully you all love lemons. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I just want you to uh, use your imagination here. Imagine you're holding a big, bright, yellow slice of lemon. Picture it in your mind. You can feel the texture of the lemon rind in your hand on your fingers. Now lift that slice of lemon to your nose and inhale. You can smell its strong citrus aroma. Next, take the lemon slice into your mouth and take a big bite out of the slice of lemon. It's juicy and the juice squirts through your mouth and you can taste that tart lemon juice filling your mouth. Taste that juice from the lemon. Okay, so now I want you to think about this. Did your body have any reactions? Did your body have any sensations? Like, what would those be? 
I, I could almost taste the lemon. How about you, Sandra? <laughs> I was like, I was actually like, yeah, tasting it. Then yep, like yep, yep. my mouth was like, okay, feels like sour and uh, yeah, I was experiencing the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So some people all of a sudden they might um, have more, um, they might salivate more or their mouth might pucker. Here's the thing though. Your body reacted even though there's no lemon. That is what you want to become aware of, is your thoughts are so powerful, your body can have a reaction from it. So if you're saying, I'm stressed, I'm stressed, you're just gonna keep getting more stressed because you're actually telling yourself, I want this, versus, whew, busy day. I'm gonna find my anchor. And my anchor could be your breath, it could be your hands on your lap. It could be your feet on the floor. So why you need an anchor is that's when your mind is going everywhere, scattered, whatever. You all of a sudden go, oh, there it goes. And you reel it back into your anchor. Could be your breath, breathing. Could be your hands. Maybe you're noticing if your hands are warm or cold, tingly. Could be your feet. What are your feet doing? Are they warm? Get back into your body. That's the key. So so many times uh, we, we hear people say, okay, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. I mean, you know, it, it, it's important, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> Taking a deep breath yeah. actually I, makes a yeah. big difference. Yeah. I do that on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to take a deep breath right here and uh, take a little pause in our program, which is Your Health, New Hampshire, presented by... Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This is a program that focuses on wellness and health education. And with us in studio today, Lisa Stockwell, transformation coach and trainer on mindfulness, and Sandra Osorio, who is AHEX Interpretation Training Services Coordinator. We will be back for our final segment here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, right after these words. So stay with us. And we are back. This is Your Health, New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center, a program that focuses on wellness and health education. With us from AHEC is Interpretation Training Services Coordinator Sandra Osorio and Lisa Stockwell with us in studio as well, transformation coach and trainer on mindfulness. Yeah, so all of this is really make me, making me um, feel more grounded already. Grounded, like, huh? Yes. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Oh, I can just breathe and cruise through the day. It feels great. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so now I just want to uh, let everybody know, you know, our community, that uh, Southern New Hampshire um, AHAC, um, we are running, uh, prom- well, actually we have uh, many trainings coming up one of them is called walk with ease and is self-directed and uh, you can go to our website um, snahec.org and you're going to find all the uh, great information you can also find um, up, up our upcoming cdsm 
and CPSM classes, um, and also our healthcare and community interpretation training that is going to start in October uh, 4th. So lots of things happening, lots of uh, things to learn, tons of training to um, share with our community. So please go ahead to our website and start clicking away. <laughs> Outstanding. And uh, Lisa, you know, we are, as a society, I think, paying uh, more attention to our mental health yes. uh, than we ever have before. Uh, where does mindfulness fit in? I think that um, more and more people are understanding that um, they need to do something different. Mental health is about where are you placing your attention Mental health is also, are you getting enough sleep? Mental health is also thinking about how we communicate. My, mental health, actually, the mind and body is all related. Um, so, you know, where your mind goes, that's where your attention, where your attention goes, that's where your mind goes. And it also, like you just found out from the lemon activity, it impacts our body. So if you're a person that has stress or chronic pain, or if you tend to hold tension, let's say, in your shoulders, become aware your body actually, when you're stressed, your body sends these sig signals to you. Let's say you're in a situation, all of a sudden you notice your fists are clenched or your teeth are clenched mm -hmm. or maybe um, you feel a sensation where your shoulders are up or your breathing is shallow. Each person has their own signal. I'll just call it that your body sends you a signal to say, hey, you're reacting to something you're seeing, hearing, or doing, or experiencing. Is this true, right? Is this necessary true? Is it, is it real? Or is this made up? Or is this something you're worried might happen? So you actually have control over this. If anything, mental health is showing us what we do have control over. We have control over our responses to what life gives us. That's the most important thing to be aware of. Yes, you might not be able to, you know, do anything about this illness. Yes, you might not be able to fix this relationship now. Or yes, you wish your job was this. However, you have control over how you respond to this. No one else does. As someone says, you are your own hero. Um, you are the one that's responsible for how you respond to life or react to it, your choice. So um, I highly recommend practicing little things. Um, don't worry, it's, it's the frequency of practice, it's not the duration. So if someone says, oh, you should do 45 minutes, well, that's a great intention or goal down the road if you want. However, if you can get through the day with one minute of like, guess what? I'm going to stop, put away the phone, turn my back from the computer. I'm going to shut things off, and I'm just taking a nice deep breath in, expanding my chest, opening my shoulders, rolling them back. And when I exhale, exhale slowly, and I'm going to hear it. And after you do that, pause. And just get a sense of how you feel, how your body feels. What do you hear? Using those senses we have as human beings. We have these wonderful senses that we can use to help us get back in our body, help us to focus in at the task at hand, 
and be less reactive to life because we have that. Every time we practice this, remember it's that six seconds, right, of an emotion. It gets absorbed into our body. You get to choose how you're going to react to that or respond to it. That's your choice. So take that deep breath. Everyone says, take a breather, be calm. You're like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> right? And just doing that opens things up and actually reduces your heart rate. It actually sometimes brings warmth to your hands and feet because you're attending back to your body, which is here in the present moment. You're not breathing in the future. You're not breathing in the past. You're breathing right now. And that's all you have control over is right now. And um, each time we practice this, the intensity of our emotions lessen, and we feel like we have more control how we respond. And actually, this helps us make more powerful choices and increases our quality of life. And that's what we all want is a good life, mm. right? How, how difficult, though, is it to, to recognize that we have to change the, the pace of our life that we've been you know, accustomed to for a long time. How do we know that that needs to change? Well, I would say if you realize you're racing through the day, you're walking quickly, not looking at anybody. If you realize you're just not really reading your emails. If you realize that someone's talking to you and they stop talking and they go, you're not listening. If you realize that your heart rate is coming up, if you realize that you have more p tension, pain, physical um, maybe you react quickly. Your impatience has increased. Um, maybe you're quick to anger. Maybe your response is not the most appropriate for the situation, and later you kick yourself saying, why did I say that? Um, maybe it's you start um, worrying about something that's going to happen ahead of time, like, oh, my gosh, this is going to happen. What am I going to do? And you feel your mind chatter going off the charts if you can, there's a part of you, there's another voice, there's two voices that will go, take a breath, sigh, this is what you have control over, get that anchor, whatever it is. It, sometimes it's my coffee cup, okay? I'll grab the coffee cup mm -hmm. and I'll go, okay, what do I feel in my hands? I feel this porcelain or it's warm or it's cold. Sometimes I'll inhale, I'll, I'll, I'll smell an aroma of something lemons, coffee, Get, use your senses. That can pull you back into your body. That can help you realize and let your, they call it in your front part of your brain, your prefrontal cortex, that is the part of your brain that actually is the slowest. I hate to say it, but your emotion and your reactive brain is wicked quick. So that's why you have to build that pause so you can go, wait a minute. I could overreact to this or I can go, I just give me a sec. Like if someone says, well, what do you think? A great way at a meeting is, let me think on that and I'll get back to you. <laughs> right? We'll, we'll circle back. <laughs> we'll yeah. circle back, right? <laughs> it buys you the time. It buys you the time. So, so do those practices that help you create more of a pause. Um, mm. Buys you more time to reassess something, especially if you have to make an important decision. Um, it's helpful. It, especially if it's an important decision, um, to really kind of reassess what does this mean? Is this true? Am I overthinking? Um, and we all do that, by the way. And it doesn't mean you stop that thinking. It doesn't mean you're walking around not thinking. 
It means you're aware that the thoughts, the beliefs, the emotions you have actually aren't you as a human being. Those are responses and reactions to life and what's happening to you. And you have control how you're going to respond to that. And I think you have to have the belief that you are worth investing Oh, in. yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And once you have that belief, I'm going to tell you, emotions are contagious, right? That's what they always say. Watch those emotions. If someone's angry in the building or someone's frustrated, guess what? It spreads. And if you're happy and you're not worth it, I'm going to say, who in your life do you influence? Um, think about that. And not, not guilt, nothing. Just how can you be a positive impact on yourself and others? Love that. Well, that is going to wrap up a, a very interesting hour talking mindfulness with uh, Lisa Stockwell, transformation coach and trainer on mindfulness. Can people get in touch with you somehow, Lisa? Yes. Um, I have a website, www.lisastockwellcoaching.com. Simple as that. Simple as that. And uh, Sandra Osorio with us as well from AHEC, their Interpretation Training Services Coordinator. Sandra, always good to see you. Thank you. It's so good to to see you again. (laughs) And uh, that concludes another edition of Your Health, New Hampshire, here on WKXL, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center, the program that focuses on wellness and health education. For Lisa and Sandra, I'm Ken Kale. We'll see you next time for Your Health New Hampshire on WKXL and HTalkRadio.com.